Hello, I'm your host, Caroline Chambers, and this is So Into That, the podcast where I invite cool people to tell us all about something that they're really into right now. My first guest ever is Emily Oster, and I don't even know where to start. Emily is a professor of economics at Brown University, and upon becoming a mother herself, she realized that she could take her expertise in data analyzation to help other parents make informed decisions about pregnancy and parenting. She and I chat about what we're really into right now, including the soft pants that she can get away with wearing in a very serious work environment, and then I grill her for the real down and dirty on a lot of things that make a lot of us anxious, like sleep training and whether baby-led weaning is actually making our kids better eaters or if it's all just one more thing to make us feel more anxious. And of course, you know, whether skipping the fall season of U4 soccer is going to ruin my son's chances at marrying a Spice Girl. Emily is my motherhood messiah. She is single-handedly responsible for making me a calmer, better, happier mother. Her research helped me stop stressing over every little thing and just learn to enjoy the ride because she shows us that it's really hard to screw up a kid if we just try. Here's Emily. Okay, so Emily, welcome to So Into That. You are my very first guest and I'm so pumped to have you because as you know, because I send you like tribulations of my love and my friend's love. I send you um, screenshots of my friends being like, Emily Oster talked about you, Caroline. Uh, Caro, will you ask Emily Oster this question? (laughs) And you know how much we adore you. And I, every single person who I meet who tells me that they're pregnant and they ask, you know, what do I do? Any advice? I say, pick up the book, Expecting Better by Emily Oster and do nothing else. Listen to that and like chill the fuck out because she will help you do so. Um, So I'm really pumped to have you on So Into That and we're going to talk about some stuff that we're really into right now. I can't wait. I am such a big fan of you. As you know, I love your food. I love your approach Sometimes your kids love my food. Sometimes my kids. My kids like your food because it's often in different bowls and that's what they like. And you know, that's like, you're just, you're great. It's like, I'm a big fan. Thank you. Um, Okay, so I'm going to go first. I'm going to tell you what I'm really into right now. And as we were just discussing, I have been moving. Uh, I've been moving. Uh, We bought this house in 2020. It's a 1960s post-Adobe, very California, like, cottagey situation. It was uh, not... (laughs) Like it was like not up to code. It had a lot of issues. So we renovated it. We spent the last eight months or so renovating it and we've just moved back in three days ago. And moving with three small children is like a special form of torture. It's like, I mean, Dante missed that one in his circles of hell, but it would be like five and a half. Five and a half, I think, is moving with three small, moving with one small child, like forget it. Moving with three, like what, don't ever do that again. So, I have the fortune this time, this is the first time, like you, I've moved a lot. My husband was in the military. We've moved a lot. It was always to a new place where we didn't know a soul. And so there was no one there to help us to do neighborly things. You know, every now and then somebody would come by, nice to meet you, drop off a cookie, like maybe that. But this is the first time, you know, we lived here for three years and we're coming back. And so our neighbors who we adore were in this like we're in Carmel Valley, California. It's very country. I'm looking at 
mountains and lots of trees and we're in the country and everyone on, in this neighborhood really knows each other uh i think especially during covid everyone got to know each other doing doing our walks daily walks everyone got to chat and so we are moving back into a neighborhood where we have a lot of people who we love and who love us and so my thing that i am so into right now is neighbors acting neighborly and what i mean by that day one my neighbor Leslie texts me. I'm dropping off dinner in two hours. I know you need it. She shows. I was like, I do need it. And and normally, you know, I'd be like, what? Like I'm moving into a house that I renovated. Like that's a, that's a privilege, right? Like it's not like I, I mean, having a baby is also a privilege, but it's not like I just like birthed a child. Like, do I really right. deserve a meal out of you? But I was like, you know what, Leslie? Like I, my children haven't eaten a vegetable in like 17 days. Like I will take dinner. And she showed up with this feast, a salad, a side of vegetables that the kids would actually eat, AKA steamed broccoli, um, you know, enchiladas, uh, the best part, the kicker, plastic plates or paper plates and oh plastic God. forks. Like she yes. thought of everything. She thought of everything. And I was like, this is honestly, I've never felt so taken care of in my life. When when I was postpartum, I was more able to like take care of myself than I was in that moment. Like I didn't have Wi-Fi set up to or even order food. Like postpartum, all you're doing is like sitting there with a baby on your boob. Like I can order DoorDash all day long when I'm postpartum. The meals are lovely. You feel loved, but like, do you need them? I needed this meal and she showed up. The next day, who brought food the next day? The next, next day, my neighbor Tess shows up with soup and she texted me and said i'm bringing you soup and fresh bread for dinner tonight and i was like oh my god that's so nice i literally it was three o'clock i was like i haven't eaten a single morsel all day thank you and she shows up with not only the soup and the bread but also a turkey sandwich she was like you haven't eaten all day eat this turkey sandwich oh my god so that that's that has so just nice. continued to happen we're in the country people own trailers somebody brought their trailer over to haul our boxes away for us like just neighbors acting neighborly i think I don't know. I think there there is just something so incredible about showing up for people when they don't particularly like. It's not like I was sick. It's not like I had a baby. Yeah. You know, this was like a thing that I did to myself. I did this. <laughs> I moved. I renovated this house. And yet people know, like, she's going to be stressed. She's going to be really busy. And they showed the F up. And that was really cool. And that's what I'm so into right now. And now I'm like, my sole focus for the next month is like, how can I be a better neighbor to all of these people yeah. who showed up for us? That's lovely. Oh my I gosh, I love it. I know. We should all be so lucky as to move back into neighborhoods where we've already lived so that our pre-existing neighbors can take care of us during such a No, but I think it's also such a, a like a nice comment about where you live because they, there are a lot of places where you like you could live there for 10 years. You could move out. You could move back in. People would be like, oh, are those such people back? That, you know, such like, oh, huh. oh new neighbors. Huh, they put the, the lights on. I mean, the house that we moved, like, I think I, we know our neighbors some. But, like, the house we moved into, like, the people hadn't lived in it for, like, seven years. And I don't think, like, anybody noticed. Like, noticed. <laughs> like oh, they're back from vacation. Like, oh, they're back from vacation. Like, oh, you're oh, not. kids. You're not. You're not Jill and Jam. Bob. I was like, no. No, we're oh. not Jill and Bob. Also, no, Jill no, and no. Bob, like, a lot of people who, like, used to work for Jill and Bob. You know, like, the, the, like, people, like, the drain cleaner guy was, like. <laughs> was like, is this Jilly? Are you working for Jilly? And I was like, no, no, we bought the house from Jilly. And he was like, oh, she was really tough. She was tough lady. <laughs> That's okay. Well, that, now it's decoded. Now we, now know, we like, understand a little more. Maybe yeah, it was yeah. a little more Jill, Jill situation. Like, oh no, Jill's back. Oh no. 
Jill's we'll back in with children again. this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to say, so I also, I told you, I, we like live in a, the country and country people, this is our first house where we've ever lived in the country. We've always lived in cities or like at least a, you know, proper town. We were like in the country, like we have a septic system and country people love, um, hobbies. And so all of my neighbors have hobbies. Like my, and my neighbor, Andy, two days ago brought over like hand home cured, prosciutto he had like raised the hog cured the meat sliced it and brought it over like with his kids in the stroller handed me this plate of prosciutto i was like what the during covid people were like making their own hand sanitizer from their wine distilleries because they all everybody makes wine in the country here everybody makes wine so it's just lots of not only is it like if i if the apocalypse happens happens i'm saying you should fly out here if you know there's planes during the apocalypse get here and like we have the whole compound we have wine we have like sourdough bread makers we have everything right here it's a deal all right we have everything right here all right all right emily what are you okay well your your thing was so nice your thing was so (laughs) nice and my thing is i i'm my thing is pants Um, Oh my God. Great answer. From Athleta. So my thing is like, you know, I don't uh, really like hard pants anymore. Sure. Like many, most people post pandemic. (laughs) And and then I started doing like a lot, like a lot of sports. And so I decided it was okay Okay. to like, I started doing a lot of running. So it's like, oh, it's okay to like wear like athletic clothes virtually all the time. Like it only makes Uh, sense. But then, you know, sometimes I go to my office, like the other day it came in. And my, I have this like lovely junior colleague down the hall, like he's, he's like, this was like a couple months ago. So it was like basically his first day at this job. And like, I, it's the summer. And so I'm wearing like, like a Lululemon shorts, like sure. quite short Lululemon shorts Love and it. like a t-shirt and yes. like from Lul, also from Lululemon, just basically I'm just wearing my exercise clothes. And like, yeah. I don't think I was wearing a sports bra, but it was like a regular bra, but like basically just, you know, yeah. that's it. And he's wearing a suit. Okay. Lay the scene. He's an economist. Yeah. He's like a 23-year-old economist. He's just been hired at an Ivy League university. Shows up for like his first day in his office. There's only one other person on the floor. Hello, man. There are some other offices. And I know him pretty well, so it wasn't like so terrible. Sure, sure. But like he was just like – and then he was like, oh, are you like – coming from exercise and i was like no no what no. do you want me to say <laughs> i was like well maybe there's a right answer but I, and then i don't want to be like oh i'm just like you know i was like no i'm, I'm just getting off of zoom you know <laughs> just wearing soft clothes man just wearing soft clothes so then i've discovered that athleta makes a lot of pants that look like a little more you know like yes. they're they look like you could wear them for work Yes. But they're basically sweatpants and Okay, so give us the deeds. What's the name? So I like their like lined Brooklyn pants. Yes, I own that pant. Wearing it today, it's best it's, travel pant. Yeah, it like you just like doesn't it's great. You look like you're wearing a nice trouser, but surprise, exactly. but it's, it's soft. sweatpants. I know. It doesn't so have a, it doesn't have a, a waistband. It's a stretchy so I'm like only. really into that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm really into that too. Okay. So my favorite athleta belonging that I talk about all the time is the salutation legging. This the athleta salutation legging. Are you familiar? Do you own no. it? No, no. Okay. I don't own well, this. I next time you like pop in for a pair of work trousers to your favorite um, athlete Internet brand. website uh, yeah, where website. I purchased. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Next time you pop in, get a pair of salutation leggings. They have the huge 
pocket down the side mm. of the pant to hold. I mean, I store like a, a full day's belongings in there. I've got my cell phone. I've got my earpods. Snack, I've got, a like, sandwich. Ba- snack, sandwich. My turkey sandwich from Some my prosciutto. neighbor. <laughs> Some self-care. Prosciutto from neighbor Andy in the right pocket. Like, I don't know if your kids did this when they were, you know, minor five, three, one, but I get like little, um, I get treasures. gifts all day long. Treasures. There's a gift right here. Yeah, treasures, treasures. all day long. Pipe cleaners rolled up. That's a snake, mom. Okay. A rock. Um, rocks, mom. This is a very special rock. And you can't let it go. And you have to make sure that you have it for at least an hour until their goldfish brain forgets. Yeah. Because okay. if you lose it, it mom, so, that was my very special present that I made for you. So I've got rocks and those salutations. Like so many, you can store so many things. So. This this uh, podcast episode is unofficially sponsored by Athleta because I am right there with you. So I love the Brooklyn pant for travel. I first bought them when I was going to visit George. He was deployed in the Philippines and I wanted to look nice when I, you know, I needed to look hot. I hadn't seen him in like is, eight months or something. Yeah. This is when he was in the Navy. He was I think to be fair, that's actually the time with your partner when you most don't need to look hot because mm. it's like, you know. That's actually <laughs> – very good argument. Like, just take whatever. Like, I like had a pa- I'm here. I could have I'm, had a I'm paper arrived. bag over my Basically head. Basically here and I'm ready. That's it. <laughs> I could have had like lipsticks just yeah. swiveled across whatever. my face and I would have gotten laid immediately. Like, <laughs> like, no problem. Just get down. Don't talk. Just go. Yeah, that's that's a solid point. Uh, any wives of military people <laughs> remember that. You don't actually, worry about your pants. It's fine. You don't you don't need to worry about your pants. Just show up and everything will get taken care of. Um, yeah, but that's when I bought them and I still own them like 11 years later. So they're going to treat you right All for right. a long time. Amazing. They're going to treat you right. Okay, so I'm like, my favorite thing about you, I have so many favorite things about you, but one of my favorite things about you is, like I said earlier, you just have this ability to help me, my friends, every single parent who finds you on the internet, chill the fuck out. And I think that that is like the most important thing in parenting. I don't know when it happened. Maybe you do. I don't know why it happened, but I know that my parents were not this anxious and stressed about every single little move that me and my siblings made. And like, is it social media? What's your take on why do parents now feel like we have to do it, like everything right? And knowing like we're all intelligent, like we know there's no right answer, but like, why are we so, why are we so stressed all the time? Why are we anxious? What's going on? I think it's a complicated question. I would say I think one piece of it has to do with the fact that we're older, mm. old, but that, you know, there's a, this is kind of a, there's kind of a demographic shift towards like having kids after you have accomplished more Ooh. things professionally. And so you sort of feel like, look, I like, I tried to get into college. I won that. And then I won this job and then I won this promotion and I won this like, and like, here's something else I can win. And like, how do I win things? I work hard. I like work hard to figure out. And and the thing is you can't really win parenting in that way, but I think it imbues this, there's a sort of sense in which like, this is a thing to accomplish. And that frames it as like, then you want to do all the things, right? Because you're trying to like get to some end goal. That is a really good way to frame it. I've never heard it framed that way. If you've already said that a million times, I apologize, but I feel like I consume all of your content and I've, and I've never heard it quite laid out 
like that. That's such a good point that like women were having babies so much earlier. They weren't going to college. They weren't having jobs. They weren't like having this sense of, uh, I need to be fulfilled. I need to succeed. I need to succeed. I remember. So I tell this story to like to new moms all the time. I remember going to my pediatrician who I adore and I compare to you because she just helps me chill the fuck out all the time. She's always like, who cares? Like, you know, she's yeah. really pediatricians good. are really good at that. Oh I God. will say that pediatricians, most. Many, it's just like most pediatricians are just like, listen, yes. did the arm fall off? It's yes. not off. It's fine. <laughs> yes. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, stop calling. Carry on. Carry stop on. Texting. Stop texting me. Carry Don't text me. That's not why I gave you my cell phone number. That's not why I gave you. I like. I showed up with uh to my to one of my kids' appointments with a box of cookies, and on it I said, "Sorry about all the dick pics," because they had all just had rashes lately. She was like, "You are a psychopath," and I was like, "Well, I am sorry about all the dick pics." I am sorry. Um, Okay, so I remember going. Mattis is my first. He's almost five. In my first year of his life, I was the most anxious. I mean, I, I, I'm not an anxious person and something about, I mean, a postpartum anxiety, B just like trying to do it all right. I was reading all the books. I hadn't found you yet. I was listening to my cousins who did it a certain way. My friends who did it a certain way. And I just feel like I was so robbed of like the joy that the first year of a baby's life can be like, yes, it's hard, but it's also God, when you're confident confident and comfortable, it is like the snuggliest, best thing ever. I feel like, like when we had when I had my oh, second, yes. there was a there was like a a feeling of like, oh, like it oh. could it could have been like this. Yes. Before, like before. And then of course there was a toddler. I was like, toddler is exhausting, but like the but baby. Still. Yeah, still. Uh, but like the baby is just like, oh, it's it just, you just hold them and you like, just hold them snuggle, and like snuggle. you stick them on a boob or a bottle and they stop crying, you know, ideally. Um, but okay. My pediatrician, I remember going to her, uh, on the, you know, we're just trying to succeed, succeed in it. I remember going to her when Mattis was like three months old and being like, so what do I like do with him all day long? And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, you know, just to like make sure his brain is getting stimulated, like um, make sure he's growing, you know, properly. Like we just kind of, you know, I just kind of like that. Should I be like showing him cards? I, she was like, oh, Caroline. Oh, honey. I was like, what? She was like, just do whatever you want to do. I was like, what do you mean? No, I need to be like at home reading him books, like putting flashcards in front of us. You know, those like black and white. Yeah, sure. Fucking flashcards. They can't see. They can't see. Because they can't see. Can't see color. Nor do they need to. Nor do they, they need, need to. They don't need flashcards. Oh my God. Freaking holding animal flashcards in front of his face. She was like, Caroline, just like, she was like, do you have friends? And I was like, a couple. She was like, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. It hasn't been going great with the flashcards, honestly. It's not going well. Nobody wants to be around me. I'm trying to train my child on like black and white images of antelopes. <laughs> Nobody wants to be near me. So I so anyway, she was like, live your goddamn life. Like go to lunch with your friends. Go on a walk. She was like, Do you like walking? I was like, I do, but like, what if it's too cold? She's like, Oh my God, just go on a walk with the baby. I was like, Okay. And that was like the best lesson I've ever gotten. I literally thought that with a newborn, you were supposed to like be doing I thought you had to like be training it to be a baby and to do the things. It's just, they just figure it out. What? Okay. So then, so that's month three. And then comes the sleep training stuff. And I feel like you recently talked about this. So Mm -hmm. I want the real lowdown on sleep training because whenever I talk about sleep training on my Instagram, I get 
just sure. like no, this. Can't, you can't do that. Oh, you can't. There's so oh, I can't. I can't even imagine having the job that you have because whenever I talk about anything parenting related, it's like whoosh, everyone attacks. Like even if I'm like, do whatever you want. Like baby led weaning is one way, but you could do it this way. Five million opinions. Don't tell people they can do it anyway. You know, you're giving, you're stressing them out. I'm like, oh, ladies, do you have like, well, we'll talk about that later. Um, Sleep training. I did it with my first. It was hell. I, he was crying all the time. And then with my other two, I just didn't do it. And eventually they just stopped crying and I just let them cry a little bit at night. And then they started sleeping through the night. What's your like Emily Oster take on sleep training in general? Do like, I feel like you said this one thing that I've quoted a lot about um, like the amount of hours if you do the like shush technique you know where you go in and you pat their bum like they end up crying more if you do that than if you just leave them and let them cry give give it to me all right so there's a few different questions you could ask about sleep training so one is like does it damage your child's attachment oh my and the answer is no Uh, i had forgotten how stressed i was about that Mm. And we have like good you know, randomized trial data where they have sleep kids, sleep train, not sleep train. They just look the same later, which actually gets to your point of like, they look the same later. They sleep about the same amount later. They're the same amount of attached later. So it isn't sleep training. Isn't some kind of magical thing that like, if you don't do it, your kid's like going to like be ruined forever. Which is you know? what everyone who has slept trained tells you. You have to do 12 in 12 weeks. Mom's on call. You have to do it or they'll never sleep. <laughs> They will sleep. They'll sleep. <gasps> They'll sleep. They'll sleep eventually. They will, you know, form. This is a way that they will. You will improve their sleep in the short term. Yes. And it also can have some positive impacts on postpartum depression, on other things. I mean, sleep deprivation yeah. for many adults is like a Whew. sleep deprivation is bad. I mean, it's literally a form of torture. Not and so you know, it's like. And so I think there's a there is value to sleep training for most babies. It will improve yeah. their sleep to some extent. It's not. Uh, like a hundred percent success at all times forever, but on sure. average, this will improve. This will improve the uh, the sleep. It doesn't like sleep training is such a funny thing because you have the there's there's like so much on both sides. There's the people who are like you have to do it, mm-hmm. and the people who are like if you do it, you'll ruin your kid. And the answer is like neither of those things. And you're not like either of those evil, things. and you're evil, and you and you're evil. Your baby. It's like your you know your baby thinks you died when yes. you leave them. They think you died. What if? they think i died i don't know what that is it's a baby they think you know yeah. what if the the cave women were off like you know foraging they didn't think it's, they died it's fine push. they probably Ugh. did die they're forward it's they very difficult did, to be a they cave probably person. did die cave but i did very high very high mortality rate there um but then i think the question is if you were going to do this the other like there's a there's that piece and then there's this much more practical piece which is like if you were going to do this what is the right time and so on and yeah. and the answer is like you know at People think of this as a way to get your kid to sleep through the night, but actually most kids are not able to sleep. Most babies are not able to sleep through the night until like, you know, seven, eight months, not none of them. But like, Uh. so when you think about sleep training, like before that, you're really thinking about like trying to encourage sleep at the beginning of the night and then they still eat later. So it's about like learning to fall back asleep. Yeah. And the answer to what is the right way to do it is you just have to be consistent and most people find it much easier to just close the door. Like the thing people yes. can't do that just doesn't work yes. is st- staying in the room. So there's a Don't, version of this where you get just out of sit there. in the room while the kid screams and like no one can, I think basically just no one can follow also, through on that. Like, by the way, uh, George was a Navy SEAL. 
being stuck in a room with a loud crying baby on an audio loop for that's a form of torture also they yeah do that so to don't them. stay in the room don't, don't stay do in that the room don't torture yourself good. uh and you know just most Scram. people you leave close the door and yeah and- i'm a big proponent of the so i basically uh with mattis i did the like psycho schedule feed them at 7 a.m all oh, right you know play with them. feed what is it it's like a it's like an acronym feed play eat feed eat yes. play and sleep. i was emily i was so unhappy like one of my best friends remembers coming to visit me we live downtown carmel and she came to visit it like you know he's two months old or something and she and her husband took him on a walk and of course i was like my heart was beating out of my chest like what if they let go of the stroller what if it rolls down the hill what if it falls into the ocean <laughs> and i was like I texted her like, you know, 10 minutes after they had left and was like, okay, just be back in seven minutes because he needs to go back down for his nap. And she was like, honey, why? Why? <laughs> like, take a bath. He's perfect. She was like, he's giggling at everyone. He's happy. Like, why? And I was like, because it's what the schedule says. Like, I don't, I, I literally have no idea. But I feel like there's so much in parenting, like, advice that we just blindly follow because somebody like they they said they they said they They said said that baby led weaning you know will make them eat better they said they said all these things i also think there's an illusion of control aspect which is like you know you really like it's so it can be so out of control to have a newborn yeah and even to have an older kid and the idea that like okay but just if you do it in this order and if it's 17 minutes to go to sleep it's cool you know, That's... like we're sort of looking for patterns and control where like there isn't any. Yeah, you know, my husband was like, like insisted that we record like the number of minutes <gasps> that she ate yes. from each boob, you oh know, in like this spreadsheet. And he would he had, like, he put like a special computer in her nursery that would have like, you could like write down the numbers and then I would write down these numbers and he'd be like, why are all your numbers round numbers? Does she really eat just for like exactly 10 or 20 minutes? Like it yes. wasn't, he's like, my numbers are more precise. And I was like, well, I, I don't know. Like, I guess it's just. <laughs> okay. I love when, I like that your husband had the postpartum anxiety. That's nice. That takes a little bit off of your shoulders. Like a little bit, yeah. <laughs> my husband was like, have you seen the baby lately? <laughs> is it around? Is it around? Is it here? like uh it's always here <laughs> yes it's here okay so my um my current so i i feel like i've really gotten over like a lot of the things that stress moms out in the early days like i now know that baby led weaning no offense to baby led weaning i think you're trying really hard to uh show people a cool way new way for kids to eat the fact that they I think they promote it so heavily as like, if you do baby led weaning, if you expose them to every single food group, your kid will be an amazing eater. Like bullshit. Bullshit. As soon as they see chicken fingers at the pool, they will become chicken finger heads. Forget your halibut. Don't you feel that the, I mean, for me, the argument for baby led weaning, which I, by the way, did with my second kid and I thought was great. It's just that it was lazy. Like it it was just like, it was just easier yes. because I didn't have I don't want to buy all the purees, which just like rotted no puree. in my closet I don't after wanna, the first kid. And I don't want to sit there and spoon feed it to them. Right. It's Who's just like if time? you can get your own if you can get your own food, you eat it. Otherwise, you make do with the the boobs. Yes, and so then you, you know, just deal. get your shit together. So people, whenever they see my third cash, uh, you know, feeding himself a slice of pizza at age six months. Um, they're like, oh, you're doing baby led weaning. What are your tips? And I'm like, just <laughs> have two other children that you're focused on and a job. That's my big tip. Just like my big tip. Be busy. That's the tip. 
just don't just care less because you don't have time to care. Like there is, I don't know. I, 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 oh my God, the amount of, I would get every single vegetable and cut it up into the perfect slices that they can handhold it for Mattis. And guess what he eats? He eats chicken fingers. He eats bread with jam, but he refuses to have butter on it. He eats pizza if he's in the mood. Like that's it. That's what he eats. And yeah. he's going to eventually, he, eventually he's going to eat real food. Yeah. I have, I have a really good feeling about it that he's not going to go to college eating only chicken fingers. Totally. This episode of So Into That is brought to you by Scout Organic. Scout bars are my kids' absolute favorite snack in the entire world. This is what they want all the time. They reach for these. They're in the cabinet where they can grab them because when they are there, I don't have to feed their constant, mommy, I need a snack concerns. Scout bars have seven ingredients or less all the time. They are always organic ingredients. They're always like, you know, actual foods. This one, this uh, peanut butter and jelly flavor has organic dates, peanut butter, organic strawberries, organic strawberry essence. That's it. That's the whole bar. And man, I'm telling you, your kids will devour these. My one-year-old devours them. My three-year-old, my five-year-old, well, he's almost five. They all love them. Try them out, scouporganic.com. That's scout with a K, organic.com. And try my code CARO for a big fat discount. I do feel like I have a good, yeah, if he does, he'll be fine. I do feel like I have a good grasp on like the, you know, five, age five and below anxieties. Here's something that is current in my life that I want you to tell me to chill the fuck out about. Mattis is five, as I've said. He is now deeply in extracurricular age, which is insane. He can't even kick a ball in a straight line. Why am I like dragging myself to soccer practice at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning, which is exactly why I opted out of soccer for the past two seasons. All my friends have been doing it since they were three. I did it once. Uh, we've been moving. We've been, I've been writing a book, whatever, whatever. I didn't want to. I was busy. I didn't want to. And then I watched the David Beckham the Beckham documentary. And I mm. thought, did I just, just because I am not exposing Mattis to soccer at age five, am I thus not giving him the opportunity to become obsessed with it, which then will be he will become David Beckham and then he will end up marrying Posh Spice. Did I just ruin his chances at having a documentary on Netflix someday? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally, you probably did. Yeah, that mm -hmm. was, um, yeah. I mean, he, let me give you the counter. Let me give you the counter example. Misty me... Copeland, very okay. famous ballerina, did not dance at all until she was 13. Then she became this incredibly successful ballerina. And you know why that is? Because why? Misty Copeland is a really, really, really talented ballerina, just like David Beckham is a really, really talented soccer player. And I'm sorry to say, I don't think your kid's David Beckham. <laughs> and I mean, maybe, you look, I don't want to presume, you don't but know. you can't be David Beckham if you only eat chicken fingers. That's how I know. <laughs> David Beckham, tell him if he wants to be David Beckham, he's got to eat more vegetables. David Beckham was crushing vegetables. Crushing vegetables. Crushing yeah. vegetables. But okay, no, so, look, I think this is yeah. the thing. Like when you look at the data about extracurriculars and you ask like, what is the value of extracurriculars? It's not none. The value of extracurriculars is that for a lot of kids, this is an opportunity 
to be in a space that they are, that's like different from school, that's a yeah. different social environment, something they, right. that they like, that they're good at. You know, if your kid loves to play soccer, like the day that like school was bad and like math tests didn't go well and they're feeling like their friends are not doing it, the opportunity to like go out and like hang out, even if they're not good at it, the opportunity to like be with their wow. team and be like, that's what extracurriculars are for. That's their value. And that shows up in the data, but Fabulous you don't have to be reframe. David Beckham. And you don't have to be like doing it every Saturday morning and ruining your family's life at five mm -hmm. for them to get that mm -hmm. later. And so I think that's like, if we reframed extracurriculars as like a little bit more of like, this is a, like an opportunity for our kids to sort of do something different, get, get outside, like exercise. I think it would be like so much healthier because your kid's not going to be like, your kid's not going to college. Pro like, they're certainly not going to professionally professional soccer. And they're almost certainly not going to college for like, this is not what is happening. Why do you say that? <laughs> is it because I skipped? Is you, it because you, you for soccer this fall totally. season? Yeah, that is such a good reframe. Okay, what is wrong with us? Because like I play tennis and I'm horrible and I've never once been like, oh, I shouldn't play anymore because I'm horrible. Or like right. I should try harder and practice more because I'm horrible. Like, no, I get out there, I have fun, I get a little exercise, I chit chat with the girls. That's the it's point. an activity. It's like fun. Yeah. And it yeah. like takes me away from my kids, which to your point, like these yeah. soccer takes him away from school, gets him some, takes him away from his little brothers who are like all up on his junk all the time. Yeah. Okay. So like yeah. extracurriculars are a good thing, but don't stress out if we skipped you for soccer. And also like make sure it's something that they like. I mean, I think that yeah. it's sort of like, sometimes I think we, f we decide what extracurriculars our kids could do based on some view that like, well, everybody plays soccer yes. or everyone does, or like, this is a good, like, this will be good. I mean, the, I think the worst argument is like, this will be good for them at high school or this will be like yeah. colleges like this sport, you know? That's not a good reason to have your kid do stuff. The reason to have them do it is it's, if it's something they enjoy. And so like responding a little bit to like where our kids are in terms of the stuff they like. Uh-huh. Sometimes. Yeah. I really like that. Sometimes I feel stressed out like that I am like, what does he like? Like, have I, have I exposed him to enough things? Oh, like right. for, in thing. yeah. for instance, George and I both grew up in the South, everybody in the South goes to church every Sunday, whether or not you really are a hardcore God believer. My parents are like into faith, but you know, we don't talk about God all the time, but we went to church all the time. And Mattis, uh, there was like a church in a book we were reading recently. And he said, what is that? I was like, that's a church. He was like, what is a church? I was like, oh, <laughs> interesting so like if he wanted to get into faith which would be so cool i'm not giving him the opportunity but right. again i think your he's, point is he's gonna learn he's, about it it's fun. he's gonna grow up yeah. things will he's happen. gonna learn about it at yep. school whatever yeah, okay, my kid well, my daughter is really i will tell you my, my daughter's super into the violin um like okay. it, like she's super into it like far oh. beyond where i would like it she really likes it you know she's got like it's like that's her thing that's like her it's a very important part of her yeah. identity and she started doing that because she saw a violin when she was like five and was like, I want that. I want to do that. That's so really like, cool. Okay, you can do that. And and the thing is like, it's super annoying. Um, I mean, I love that she's doing it, but it's like the other day I had to like spend the whole morning, like driving out to some high school out in like, God knows, Situate, Rhode Island to like, That's so she could want. like do yep. some audition for five minutes, you know, oh. like, and then drive. But, it, but, you know, you do like stuff like that. Like, even if you don't push this event, your kid may find their thing and you may find yourself on the travel soccer pitch. Like, yep. you know, for nothing, but you should be there because they want to be okay. there and it's something they love and not because of you. Yeah. If I had to guess, you're not like forcing her to practice her violin 
she's she I don't get involved. Go. I'm she's told that involved. I mean that I don't know what I'm doing, which is true because that I is... didn't practice my own violin. Okay. That's cool because I played the flute. I tried to play the flute yeah. and I just so remember my parents being like, "Have you practiced yet today?" And I was no, like, "No, no, I pr- I practice. I played the piano and like I never practice and it's awful. If you don't practice, like it's right. so interesting to watch it. Like, you know if you practice every day, like then when you show up at the end of the week, you've made progress and your teacher like likes you. Yes. Whereas I was like, wow, that's such an interesting experience. Like when I did this as a kid, every week it was like <laughs> I would practice for like 10 minutes before Mrs. Uh, like I don't remember what her last name was, but she would show up at my house and she would just be like super disappointed because like I never yes. made any progress. Yes. And, 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 yet, just, and yet you didn't care because you weren't passionate about it. I wasn't. I didn't but care. I was just she waiting cares. to quit. She cared. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Well. This uh, interview with you was really selfish. Uh, Motives were to help me chill the fuck out about new things that I'm starting to freak out about. I think I just need to revisit like the, which one is about this age? The family firm. I need to revisit and just have a good dose of like, why are you freaking out? Your kid isn't going to be David Beckham. Exactly. I think it actually says that in there. It says your kid's not going to the junior Olympics. So (laughs) get off your high horse. Now I have I developed through some odd circumstances a number of uh, – I've developed some like sort of parasocial friends who are like professional athletes. Uh, okay. So, like professional runners mostly. Uh, sure. Who like who do did go to the Olympics? And so sometimes they'll be like, you know, what do I do about this? And I want to be like, your kids not going to the Olympics. I'm like, well, actually, oh. like, actually, like, oh, I don't want to like rule it out for yeah. you. <laughs> but anyway, the advice is probably very simple. I'm gonna stick with my advice, but also, but just to so know, like, maybe upgrade a little bit. <laughs> maybe take maybe take them the, the extra practice if, if they're like... interested. Okay, we talked about what we're so into. We're so into neighbors, and we're so into the Brooklyn Athletic Band. What is something that you're so out on right now? Like you just don't want to hear anything else about it. You are out on that. You want me to go first? I don't know. Yeah, you go first. Wait, I had a good one. Yeah, you go first. You want to know what I'm out on? I'm out on Stanley Cups. Do you know what that is? After that video with the thing (laughs) and the guy and the like the car that that burned down. You're not. Oh, my God. Okay, wait. That was actually nice. So now I take that it back. Nice. Okay, so if you haven't seen what Emily's talking about, Stanley cups are these like insulated cups. But the reason that I'm out on them is that every influencer pushes them. They're like $40 and they don't, they leak. They aren't good cups. They leak. You can't put them in your bag because they have this giant straw. So you can't put them in your bags. So you're having to carry this giant cup all the time. So you look like a meme of an influencer. If you carry it around, You they're dumb looking and I don't like them. But... They did just do this really nice thing where so they are insulated and I guess they're quite indestructive. And this woman's car completely caught on fire, like shot to shit, ash, ashes. And the Stanley Cup was sitting there like it fully intact. And she shared a video and Stanley Cup bought her a new car. Oh, now I feel like a bitch. That was nice. No, no. I mean, I think it's sorry. I'm really, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm out on Stanley Cups. I they leak and I don't think they're good, but I do like their morals. That was very that was nice. That was nice. I thought that was nice. Okay. That was really nice. Uh, I am out on daylight savings time. Oh, my God. I don't like that it's dark at night. It makes me – I annoy – I don't like it. I don't like it. It's sad. It's sad. It did mean that it's lighter in the morning when I run, but it's it's like the timing is such that it's still not light. So like I yeah. still that I'm leaving to run in the dark. Yeah. And also now it's dark at night. And I so don't you leave at what? Five like thirty. 
like five. closer to six usually. Okay, but yeah, it's still dark. Yeah, it's yes, still dark. I couldn't it's agree more. Are, didn't we like? Didn't Congress? Aren't we not going to do that anymore? I thought we were like some. You know, somebody that I work with like yeah. works in Arizona, and uh, and they don't have daylight savings time. They're just yes. like they just don't do it. They're just they like yeah. She was pass. like now we're only. She was like now I'm only two hours off from yep. you guys because we don't do that yep. shit. Yeah, somebody we were talking about going on vacation somewhere recently and someone was like, Oh, we gotta go between these months and these months because then there's no time change for the kids. I was like, What the f- where are we? Yeah, are but we, I feel like in Rhode Island, like Rhode Triangle? Island couldn't do it at, as a state because like basically like it's we're like in Massachusetts. Rhode Island is yeah. like, you know, although very proud right. of it, it's like, you know, basically I'm like running to Massachusetts, you know, some <laughs> of the time in the morning. And so it's like a little awkward if you're like running into a different time zone. Meetings would be very difficult. Like, Meetings would be confusing. Yeah. Rhode Island time or Massachusetts time. Yeah, it would yeah. be a whole complicated thing. But I really hope we drop that because I completely agree, especially when the kids get home from school and I'm like, okay, it's dinner time. And they're like, mom, it's four o'clock. I'm like, what? How can we, how can this, what do we do for, for the rest wine? of the day? It's not time for wine yet? Is yeah, you know, it's not wine o'clock. And we, we often, we find that our kids really like to uh, fight their pants off in our house, but other places they're much more lovely to each other. Do your kids mm. fight a lot? My kids oh. really. No, nah, my kids are like, yeah, I think the gender, the like, boy girl. Boy girl yeah. Little, you know. Three boys. Also, my, all... I, have my, I have like my daughter's 12, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. She's not fighting. Well, I mean, they my four year old and three year old boys. Emotional. Whew, like yeah, emotion. My four-year-old and three-year-old boys fight nonstop, and when we are out of this house, they fight a lot less. Like other people around, things to do. I don't know, a lot less fighting. It's just easier to parent them. <laughs> we live like Karma Valley is like all vineyards, so we basically we go to a vineyard and we like let them run around and we drink a glass of wine and it's lovely. But when it's dark out, can't do it. Mm. So I'm yeah. with ya. Freaking hate, freaking hate it. Um, okay. Tell me something in real life that made you laugh really hard recently. So an IRL, LOL. <laughs> so my daughter, if we somehow we got into a thing at dinner where we all switched seats and pretended to be the other, like the person whose seat we were in because my okay, kids thought love. that would be funny. And my daughter did an impression of me, which was disturbing in its accuracy uh which she basically it's hard to replicate but she was it was like like the potatoes didn't cook and now everything is ruined and we're never gonna have dinner again and i'm just throwing them in the sink and i guess i'll just go hungry and i'll cook for all the rest of you and i'll never eat any and then she was like, like, i was like oh yeah that's right i mean we just but like i like i like peed my pants i mean she that was is... so it was like so perfect on point. Uh, it was a little so disturbing funny. but you know it's just eh. so funny when kids do like really really funny shit like it makes it that much funnier because you're like i didn't know that humor lived within you i know it was yeah i, know I didn't know it. that was inside. okay my irl lol from the week is that uh so george had to like right before bedtime a couple of days ago george had to like discipline mattis and whatever he like took a toy away so mattis comes out the next morning you know he kind of went mattis kind of went to bed like mad at george he was mm-hmm. chuffed he was like pissed at george like you took my toy so we get up the next morning we've forgotten about this entirely because we're constantly taking toys away and you know having to discipline him and uh mattis comes out of his room f- for the, in the morning for the first time with this like huge lego creation it's like wonderful it's like this big like you know 
the size of his torso. It's really big. And he holds it up to George and he goes, hey, daddy, I made you a present. And George goes, oh, thanks, buddy. And he goes to hand it to him and he just purposefully drops it on the ground. It shatters everywhere. And he just turns around and walks back into his room. George was like, George was laughing so hard that he like couldn't even get mad. He was literally, I've never, I, I, I haven't seen George laugh that hard in like such a long time. And so I was so tickled. I was laughing so hard, and like we just had the best. I don't know. Our kids, they're definitely at really hard ages right now, like four and three and one. Like we are parenting. Yeah, we are parenting our asses off all the time, and it's exhausting. And this was just this moment of like, that is so fucking funny. Like, how did like how did you even come up with that? Okay, God, kids are funny. Um, Okay, the last thing before we go. Emily, what do you cook when you don't feel like cooking? And this is not a plug. It does not need to be one of my recipes. What do you cook when you really don't feel like cooking? Quesadillas. Such a good one. Do you put anything in them? Yeah. Cheese. cheese, And then sometimes chicken. If there's like leftover chicken around, we'll just shred it up and put it in. That's it. Yep. You're the best. Thank you for being on my first episode ever. Oh my gosh. I'm so into you. It's going to be a good podcast. It's going to be good. Um, Thank you. You're the best. That was episode one of So Into That with me, your host, Caroline Chambers. Thank you so much to Emily for joining me. You can find her on her Instagram at at Prof Emily Oster, and you can subscribe to her incredible newsletter at parentdata.org. And thank you to all of you listeners for encouraging me to get into the podcast game. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, it's going to be a fun ride. To help make So Into That a success, please be sure to subscribe so that you'll be informed when new episodes drop. You can find me on Instagram at at Caro Chambers and my weekly recipe newsletter, What to Cook When You Don't Feel Like Cooking, is at whattocook.substack.com. So Into That is produced and edited by Kevin Leahy and his team at Podcast Point Man. And a huge thanks to my entire team at Substack, Dan Stone, Hannah Ray, Helen Tobin, many more for helping me get so into that up and running. See you next week.